Um, so for those of you who are here and aren't here regularly, we've been looking at a series, looking about who we want to be as a community. And we've looked at diversity and we've looked at caring. And today we're going to look at being a welcoming community. So when we asked you, the church, who, do, who would you say we are as a hub and who do you want to be? Welcome was one of the words that came up. And I was really pleased about that because I love welcome. And the reason I love welcome is because I know that Jesus welcomed us and he welcomes us just as we are to come just as we are. And I'm sure you've all experienced a time in your life when you went into a situation and you probably didn't feel welcome. And so have a think. I can remember my first day at school, which was a long time ago. But I was really excited to go because I had two older siblings. And so I was all excited to go off to school. And the first thing we did was there was an easel and we were colouring. And I was really quite excited and proud of my colouring. And someone came up to me and said, that's not colouring, that's scribbling. And that kind of, I didn't feel welcome in that place in that moment. And we don't want to be a community where people come and don't feel welcome. We want people to come here, to come with all their baggage, just like the rest of us, and to find that place of welcome and belonging. We want to be a people who carry the welcome of God wherever we go, not just on a Sunday in here, but every aspect of our lives, whether it's with people who are part of this community or whether it's people that don't yet know God. And I feel like we are a, a welcoming community, but there's always room for us to grow and change. And with all these areas that we're looking at with diversity, with caring, with welcome, I don't want us to feel like it's something we have to strive to do and work hard to do, but it's the Holy Spirit working within us. We need the Holy Spirit to enlarge our hearts so that we're continuing to become Christ-like. We can't do it on our own, but we need the Holy Spirit. And even now, I just want to pray. The Holy Spirit's present and with us. But I just want to pray that he will continue to work within our hearts, even as I'm speaking, and that you will know him, enlarging your hearts and doing something internally within you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have been so present this afternoon. We thank you that you're continuing to be present. And I pray for each one here, that even as I speak, that you will be enlarging their hearts. That, that Holy Spirit, you will be just showing them how welcome they are in your presence. That they come just as they are and therefore we can invite others to come just as they are. Will you do your work within each of us, I pray, this afternoon? Amen. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? And John 7 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The Holy Spirit fills us and he enables us to pour out the water of life to others. It's as we are filled that we can give that life to other people. And C.H. Spurgeon, I don't actually know who he is, but I think he's a theologian. But um, he said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are useless. And maybe you don't feel useless, and that's great. But I think the message we need is that we need the Holy Spirit. And actually, I think that's, that takes the responsibility of us from trying to strive and work hard and seek because it's the Holy Spirit 
working through us to become, help us become more like Jesus. I'm getting really confused with my bits of paper. Um, Romans 15 says, Welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you are welcome just as you are. He just says to come just as you are. And Paul wrote this to the church in Rome, which it was when they were experiencing tension between the Jews and the Gentile Christians. And he wanted them to welcome each other despite their differences. So even though we're different, different people we encounter, we need to welcome each and every one. And Paul says to do this for the glory of God. Christ's welcome extended to him laying down his life. And that reconciled us to God. We may not be called to lay our lives down, but welcome is sacrificial. It involves living sacrificially for other people. And I read possibly recently, it is possible for a community of redeemed sinners to display God's worth to the world. Your church glorifies God by being family to one another, by welcoming one another as Christ has already welcomed you. And that's what we want, to glorify God for others to see himself through the way we live. Jesus is our example and he welcomed all. He ate with sinners and tax collectors. He stopped and chatted with the Samaritan woman. And he shouldn't have been talking to a Samaritan, let alone a Samaritan woman. But he sat and talked with her. He allowed a prostitute to wash his feet with his tears and pour perfume on them. Jesus welcomed these people because he had compassion on them. We frequently read he was moved with compassion, and compassion leads to action. And our prayer is that we will be those whose hearts are full of compassion and that we are moved to action. When Jesus came alongside and engaged people, when he was moved with compassion, we saw miracles of salvation, of healing, of provision. Wouldn't that be great to see? And we do see it, but we want more. That as we come alongside people and welcome them, that we see miracles of healing, provision, and salvation. Seeing lives changed when we interact and have compassion on other people. I just want to read this parable from Luke. Called the parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed are those who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all along, all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. 
Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I love that picture of the banquet. It's not that clear, but on the screen of all the different people that have come to that banquet. And people don't always accept God's gift because maybe money or responsibilities or relationships can stand in the way. But that extension, invitation was extended to everyone, to the poor, the blind, the lame people in the roads, country lanes. That man wanted his, his banquet full. And I can just imagine him going, saying, going, go and get them all, bring them all, we want this place full. And God's heart is so much longing for all to come into his kingdom, to sit at his table, which is a place of provision and a place of where God dwells. And I think he wants us to be extravagant with the, bank, the welcome that we offer, to offer it to everybody that we come across, no matter what they look like, sound like, no matter what their status is, but to offer that invite And we know that they may not all take that invitation, but he is an extravagant God and wants them all. And having received God's welcome, despite my weaknesses and my mess, I'm desperate that others know that welcome of God and that they know that they can come, that when they encounter us, we welcome them and we love them. That might be people that you work with, That might be neighbours, friends, people at college. For some of you, it might be a ministry. For me, one of those places is the asylum seekers that I work for. And for many of the others here, might be at the safe, chaplaincy. Whatever you're doing, there are people who need to know the welcome of God. And those that come through our door on a Sunday, they need to know that sense of welcome and acceptance and need to, we need to make room for them. And that's not always easy. It might be changing how we do things or changing our friendship groups, expanding them. But we need to be a place where we can say, come as you are, and you're accepted, and you belong. We read many stories about Jesus' interactions with people. And they came as interruptions. And maybe they were inconvenient in timing, but I love how he always responds with love. So as he was walking, as he went out to Jericho, the beggar, blind Bartimaeus, sat by the roadside begging. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The story goes on to say that Jesus restored his sight and he went and followed Jesus on the road. When he was talking, Jesus was talking to his disciples about fasting and a ruler came and told him his daughter had died and he knew that if Jesus just touched her, she would live. And his response was to get up and go with him in the middle of what he was doing. And we read that when Jesus arrived, he took the girl by the hand and she got up. In the evening, so when it was evening after sunset, he'd probably had a busy day and was probably tired They brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door, and he cured many and cast out demons. These are just three examples you can read right through and see where Jesus was interrupted, but he didn't get grumpy with people. He loved them, he welcomed them, and he moved out of compassion. 
My parents were huge role models to me and to Phil from a very young age as to what the welcome of God looks like. I always think of them and I think of them as having huge hearts that were non-judgmental and welcoming and they welcomed so many into their home. There's some here who I know were welcomed in. Lee was welcomed in so many times into my home. Day after day she came and my mum loved her and there's many others. When we were about 11, my older sister had a friend who'd had a really traumatic um, upbringing. She was given up at birth and then the mother who adopted her, who really loved her, died when she was very young and her father remarried and it was the wicked stepmother that you hear about. And that's when the abuse, um, just a mess came into her life. And she became friends with my sister and started coming to church with us. And uh, my parents said, we knew that at some point her stepmother was going to kick her out of home. And my parents said to us, we'd love to invite her into our home. My parents asked each of us, I was one of four at that time, now I'm one of five. But my mum and dad asked us, um, how would we feel if they invited her to come and live with us? But she wasn't to come as a lodger. She was to come as one of the family. Um, we, we said yes. I don't think we really quite realised what we were saying yes to at that stage. Um, and it was difficult and it disrupted our lives. And it took a lot of my parents' um, time. But I gained another sister. And she became one of us and one of the family. My notes are in the wrong order. Um, but she came to our family and she found a place of belonging and she found a place of acceptance and she found God and she has, is now married, she's still part of her family. She has access to all that is my, my, my parents. They opened their home and heart and that meant everything for her. Um, my parents continued to have numerous people living in the home all through the time growing up. I even rang them from one holiday I said, oh, I've met a German girl and she's got nowhere to live. Can she come and live with us? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. So by the time they got back from holiday, they had someone else living in the home. But that modelled what it is to have a heart that is open to welcoming people, to be inconvenienced. I think it was an inconvenience sometimes, but they loved people. And my heart, heart and prayer is that we'll be a people who are willing to be interrupted for the benefit of God's kingdom, to be inconvenienced. There's nothing more rewarding than knowing that you're partnering with the Holy Spirit in welcoming those that he brings to you. Um, As I've said, inviting a teenager with a really difficult, traumatic past was a huge interruption. It wasn't easy, but Julie found God, and uh, for us that was amazing. It will look different for each of us. I'm not saying we've all got to suddenly open our homes and invite a whole load of people to come and live with us, or you might like to. I know the Minifi's home seems to have constant people coming and living there at the moment. But it's just that it's that heart, isn't it? That heart that is open to people, loving people with their mess and inviting them in. Um, We may see something as being small in a way of welcome, but for someone else that could be something huge. Just inviting somebody can be huge. I know when Deborah Green came and spoke recently, and she, in the evening, she was saying to us that God puts passions in your heart. And sometimes we can look around the world and be so overwhelmed. 
And we could look around and see there's so much need, so many people who need to know Jesus, who need that sense of welcome, that you can become overwhelmed. But she said to focus where your passion is. And as we all focus on those passions, as we all focus on those people that God puts on our heart, that God draws to us, then we will start to see lives and community and our, our nation transformed. It's concentrating, not thinking, oh, there's just so much. But what's God calling me to do? How's he calling me to welcome people within this community, people without this community? And we will see lives changed. I can't speak without speaking about my involvement with the asylum seekers. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and this is for the whole team. It's not all my stories. This is the team. And I love the team of people who we work with. They love people and welcome people into their lives and into their hearts. And we're working with people who have left everything behind. They've been traumatized on journeys and they need to know they're welcome. They're not welcome in this country by many, but they need to know that God welcomes them and that we welcome them. And God has brought particular people across each of our paths. There's different people that we will connect with. And some of them have fled because of persecution, because of war or famine. Some have been involved in modern, sla modern day slavery and people trafficking. And welcoming these people changes their lives. And they know that we all love Jesus. And we're often able to share that. Because I was even asked, why do you... One guy said to me, why do you welcome us? Why are you so kind to us or you team? And I said, we want to be like Jesus. And that Jesus would welcome them and love them. So some of them have been invited into homes for meals. Some of these people here have invited them in, helped with doctors and hospital appointments, writing CVs, job applications, games afternoons and discovery Bible study. And all these acts of kindness have shown God's welcome to these people at a time when they don't often find it elsewhere. As we're all doing our bit with different individuals in this um, hotel, as we're doing our bit, we're seeing lives changed. They haven't all come through to Christ, but we're seeing lives changed. And we have messages from one guy moved recently just thanking the team for the support in his life. And as we work with them, this is the thing that's amazing about God, is as he enlarges our heart for other people with compassion and love, and we start giving that out, he just continues to fill, and he rewards us. And working with these people is such a reward. It's so enriching. I think for each one of us, we give out, but I think we gain so much more back. And it's like that with whatever area you're working in. And there are so many in this community who offer the welcome of God in different ways, inviting people into your homes, out for coffee, whatever it might look like. And I have heroes in this community, lots of heroes, but I'm not going to mention them all, but I am going to mention some, I'm afraid. Um, so we know Andy and Di, who are like grandparents to a couple of refugee children, they have welcomed this lady and her children into their home and into their hearts. And they share Jesus with her. And that, for me, is a massive example of welcome. Last month, Margaret Munger had 40 people into her home. And 
um, mainly Hong Kong Kongers to eat together. And I want to be like that, Margaret, when I'm your age, because you're a hero, just the way you open your heart and open your home to other people. And one of the husbands on that occasion of one of the Hong Kong ladies spoke to, I think it was Margaret, an honorer, just to say the difference he'd seen in his wife since the team had started welcoming her and drawing her in. And they're not Christians yet, but it's an amazing opportunity. I could mention many more, but we carry the presence of Jesus wherever we go. As we welcome others, we're making him known. And I said earlier, there's no one shape that fits all. God has made each of us unique, and therefore he's made each, each one of us to connect in different ways. Both within our community and outside, what do you feel God might be asking of you? How do you want to exhibit the welcome of God where people come and feel accepted and belonging and in that journey towards Christ and come to know him? We're already a welcoming community, um, but we want to grow, don't we? We want to be more welcoming. We want to be even more like Jesus. So let's be praying and asking God what our part is in extending that welcome further, sharing our lives with those around us throughout the rest of the week. It might be inviting someone to share your table, the table where God is present and where God provides, or inviting someone to have coffee, or spend time walking with someone. Maybe it's accepting an invitation off somebody else, because that makes somebody feel welcome. The guys in the hotel are always saying to us, can I help, can I help? When we allow them to do something for us, that makes them feel welcome. Why not pray this week for an opportunity to show God's welcome to someone within and someone outside of our community? There are so many ways that we can do that. So many ways that we can offer the welcome of God and truly give people a place where they are accepted, belong and encounter the God who welcomes them. Let's be extravagant with those we invite to the banquet. God is extravagant. Let's be those that are extravagant giving the offer to all, people from all walks of life with different life stories, different cultures, inviting them to come and share life with us, finding a place they belong and are accepted, whatever our differences might be. And let's pray that we continue to be changed by the Holy Spirit, to become more like Jesus, to be moved by compassion, and let's, let's see what miracles take place in people's lives as we encounter them and walk with them.